0: On the 1st of January, how many of us expected to be where we now are on the 9th of August? All sorts of good and bad things have probably happened for each of us, but none of us thought that for months on end we would not be able to go to church on Sunday. Apart from hospital, I don't think I've missed going to church on Sunday three weeks in a row since about 1974, and I expect it's longer for many at the Good Shepherd. I do not think God did the pandemic, but I do think he will try to use it for something good. Today we're looking at the story of Jonah. We of course all know the beginning of the story of Jonah, who ran away from God when he sent him on an errand that he didn't fancy. And generations of Sunday school children have coloured in pictures of Jonah being swallowed by a fish or perhaps being vomited onto the beach. It goes to show when the going gets scary, the scared get going in the opposite direction. But today we're thinking mostly about the later parts of his story and wondering if it can help us think about what God is doing nowadays. Well, Jonah, presumably after taking a shower, set off for Nineveh, where God had sent him in the first place. Nineveh was a really big place, capital of Assyria, mentioned in many of the Old Testament books as a ferocious foreign country. We can see why Jonah was scared to go there. When he got to Nineveh, his message was brief. Chapter 3, verse 4 says, Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. A short message but effective. This is most certainly the short version and perhaps he also gave his personal testimony of being swallowed by a fish. Who would believe him either about the fish or that Nineveh was about to be destroyed? Anyway it was very effective. The king of Nineveh called for fasting and for repentance and so God did not have to destroy Nineveh after all. Jonah himself was just one timid reluctant man but the message was powerful because it was authentic genuinely sent by God's command. And now on to the final part of Jonah's story in chapter 4. What does Jonah think about how things have turned out? He excels himself. What present day preacher, if they went to a capital city and preached and the whole city turned to God, would not be delighted? Instead, Jonah thinks that God has done something wrong and he gets angry. But surely, if God does something, even something very surprising, it must be right. Again, Jonah says that Nineveh, repenting and being saved from destruction, quote, is what I tried to forestall, end of quote, by fleeing to Tarshish. Well, I can't see where it says that earlier in the book. Maybe he's just trying to justify himself after the event. Anyway, surely trying to forestall something that God is set on doing is rather foolish, even sinful, and very unlikely to succeed. Or perhaps he was concerned about his own reputation, if his prediction did not happen. But surely, if God was pleased with him, would it matter if the Ninevites laughed? And then Jonah gives a reason why he thought this would happen. He knows that God is, as he put it, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Evidently, he thinks God should not be like that. But who is Jonah to say so? Well, if we don't think much of Jonah's way of thinking, let's see what God thinks. First, about Nineveh. God thinks their behaviour is wicked, which in those days meant bad, and that was why he sent Jonah to preach to them. He is indeed slow to anger, as Jonah said later, and so God is pleased when the Ninevites hear the warning and mend their ways. It must have been what he wanted in the first place. Secondly, what did God think about Jonah? Jonah. It is one of the mysterious things about creation that God wants to do jobs in partnership with us. In particular, he likes to deliver messages through human messengers, for example the prophets in the Bible or the disciples in the New Testament. And it is also the reason for his command to us to pass on the good news to all people in our generation. But Could God not have found a better prophet than Jonah? There must have been other candidates who would have been more reliable. And when Jonah ran away, why did God just not let the fish eat him and choose another messenger for himself instead? Well, in Jonah's own words, God is slow to anger, abounding in love, and relents from bringing calamity, and that is why he gave Jonah a second chance. How strange then that Jonah was not pleased that God gave the Ninevites, who like Jonah had been going the wrong way, a second chance. It seems to me that God was dealing with two projects at the same time, getting a message to Nineveh and teaching Jonah. God is clever and able to get several things done at once. And Jonah even though he was not doing well at being a prophet, mattered to God. And now we come to the plant that gave Jonah shelter. Jonah was sulking, but God blessed him anyway by making a plant grow to keep him cool. But the next day he took it away again. God sent a worm to eat the plant, and it died. This goes to show that blessings can be taken away just as much as punishments can be. Anyway, Jonah was disgruntled because her plant was a big thing in Jonah's tiny world. And that is the point God was making. Just as the life and death of one plant was hugely important for Jonah, so also, from God's point of view, the life and death of Nineveh was important to him. So what might we learn from this story? As Jonah reluctantly approached Nineveh with his foreseeably unpopular message, he was in need of hearing our sermon from the 19th of July, which put the question, is anything impossible for God? No, it was possible for Nineveh to turn away from wickedness, but it was God who would do it, not Jonah. Or again, our sermon from last week, 2nd of August. Is God at work in a non-Christian society? Yes, as Fiona says there, the story of Esther is probably one of the most realistic biblical accounts of God's presence, because of his seeming absence. Apparently, it had not even occurred to Jonah that God might be working in Nineveh, but he was. Or again, how many times does God do something that is different, either in scale or in type, from what we were expecting or hoping for? Abraham was given a child when he was far too old. Joseph was made the ruler of Egypt when just being released from unjust imprisonment would have been good. Moses led the Hebrews out of the wreckage of Egypt, even though he himself had not been able even to sort out a fight between two men. Jesus made gallons of fine wine, when just a couple of dozen bottles of plonk might have been enough. Jesus also forgave a man's sins when he only wanted to walk again. And the church was given Paul as a pioneering missionary, when they had hoped only to escape from being arrested by him. It was this Paul who praised God, saying, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. So, what about us now? Are we, unlike Jonah, seeking to see this situation from God's perspective? Are we confident that... However bad this situation is, and however long it goes on, he is able to bring something good out of it. What if, instead of getting back to normal, his idea is that we move on to something else, something we have not yet thought of, something we have not asked for because we cannot even imagine it? Would we be ready for that? I do not think God did the pandemic but I do think he will try to use it for something good. I just don't know what yet. What do you think?